Yeah, yeah because I don't have a mirror. So ah. I use my well, camera normally. Got, wait, hang on. You haven't got a mirror. Let's back that up a moment. No, I have one in my bathroom, but ah. that's like, I'm not, it's like really little. I'm not going to go and stand in the bathroom to do my makeup. I need like my desk. Hello everybody, we are live on the Mirror Gaming YouTube channel, ready for this week's Mirror Gaming walkthrough. And we've got lots of exciting stories uh, to discuss with you this week. Most excitingly, Dead Island 2 actually came out. We've got some people on the podcast who have played the game for an extensive amount of time, so we're going to get deep into our impressions. Elsewhere, elsewhere even, in the world of free-to-play shooters we've got x defiant is currently in its beta period got some impressions on that for you and then later on in roughly around about an hour's time we're going to be reacting to the nintendo indie world showcase so very exciting indeed but before that producer will roll titles everyone thinks he or she is the best football expert on the planet playing for pride now and my prize gone we're very passionate people here. Oh, well. We're ready to come for the W, yeah? You, these girls will smoke you, man. Yes, it's another edition of the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough. I am gaming content creator at the Mirror, Aaron Potter, and it's my pleasure to be joined by two very esteemed uh, colleagues of mine. First up, we've got Jasmine Manan, gaming content creator. How are you this week? Hi, I'm glad to be back. I haven't been on the podcast in a while now, so finally here to share my spicy takes that many people don't agree with. Yeah, we can't wait for that. Hopefully uh, the box disc chat will come up again and we can get into a deep debate. <laughs> but most excitingly, making what I believe is her debut on the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough, we've got mine and Jasmine's boss, senior gaming content creator. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, we might get fired during the podcast today live. No, we won't. Um, it's Shabana Arif. How are you doing, Shabana? I'm good, thank you. Yes, pleased to be here. Nice. Well, we're we're lucky to have you, especially because obviously you were our lead reviewer. Uh, in fact, our only reviewer on the Dead Island Two review this week, which is our first uh, our first topic. But before we get uh, diving into that, I just want to say we are live broadcasting on YouTube right now. We're here here until around about half past five, and we've already got some people in the YouTube chat. So we've got gaming editor Nathan Bliss in there. He says hello. We've got our good friend Jason saying, "How's it going?" It's going very well, Jason. Thank you for tuning in on the pod. And then we've also got Scott McRae, a regular news goblin, saying something uh, that I don't know the reference to. So <laughs> on that note, let's dive straight into Dead Island 2. Obviously, this is an open world zombie game that was in development for a long time now, very long time, probably before Jasmine was even born, uh, if I had to guess. Um, so it's the follow up to 2011's Dead Island, and it was first announced in 2014. Uh, and for fans of the series, it's been a long time coming. But was it worth the wait? Undoubtedly. Or was it? So, Shabana, uh, making your debut, uh, the reason we've got you on is because you reviewed Dead Island 2 for us. I just want to know sort of where, how far does your history with the series go and sort of what did you make of Dead Island 2 overall? I played Dead Island uh, when it first came out and I absolutely loved it. I also played Riptide um, and then I was looking forward to two for what, a decade potentially. So while Jasmine was growing up and you know, learning the ways of the world. I was just sitting around <laughs> waiting for Dead Island 2 to come Why out. Why is it always a jab at me? Why is it always it's a not, jab at me? You're just, it's not a jab. You're just young. Enjoy you're it. You're just a baby, <laughs> Jasmine. Embrace it. It won't always be this way. Oh, God. 
in 10 years time you'll be waffling on about some other young whippersnapper but anyway so while you were running around doing god knows what <laughs> i was waiting and waiting for the nine and two um yes yeah, so it came out and i will say i was a bit apprehensive because I don't know if you've got any Dying Light fans and obviously the weight is not the same at all, but I loved the first game and the second one was absolutely not what I wanted. So yeah, I was a bit nervous, especially actually because I played the first one co-op predominantly. So reviewing it, I knew that I was going to have a bit of a different experience because it's very different playing something like that single player when you're playing co-op, but it was actually great. And there's a bunch of improvements again, from what I recall, cause it's been 10 years since I played the first one. Um, but yeah, it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. And I know that you also had uh, a copy because you did our preview for us. So what were your thoughts? Yeah. So I sort of came at dead Island in a similar position uh, to you. I think I really enjoyed the first game, but again, this series seems to have sort of like a reputation in terms of what it promises in its cinematic trailers. And then it sort of fails to deliver on uh, in the actual game. I remember the first dead Island got on with this really emotional slow-mo trailer. Um, probably one of the most infamous gaming trailers where a family are sort of, you know, in slow motion falling out of a hotel was trying to flee from zombies. And the original game, as I'm sure you'll agree, Siobhan, didn't really have much to do with that. There was no emotion. It was just a good time to sort of get in there and bash about some zombie heads, really. And um, I really enjoyed that game. I've only dabbled in Riptide, but from what I understand, it was very much similar mechanically and visual-wise. Um, Techland uh, turned that game around very fast. And by comparison, yeah, I previewed uh, Dead Island 2 just a couple months ago, I believe, and um, really enjoyed what I played. Um, I feel like where... Dan Buster Studios, the new developer that this is ultimately uh, uh, fallen on now, um, what they've really understood is that the fun that inherently comes from just smashing zombies, uh, not only in the head, but knees, arms, literally any human limb you can think of, you can smash it up and it'll probably, you know, pour and gush out gore and blood. And it's all very satisfying in that way. Um, I think in terms of like the main differences between the games, I, I was initially a bit taken aback at first that Dead Island 2 doesn't set you in a truly open open world, if that makes sense. And it's more of like a hub-based e ecosystem where you travel from one location to the other. But in an in a, a time in the gaming industry where almost every game is going open world and you know you sort of you know bombard you with things to do, this is a relatively short game that that, that doesn't outstay its welcome. It knows exactly what it wants to be. And I think that's really, really refreshing. So, yeah, what, what did you make of, Shabana? what did you make of the sort of new uh, approach to the world and kind of the setting of Hell-A, as they call it in general? Um, I will say that when it was a tropical paradise, again, this was another thing where I was like, am I going to like this or not? Because um, there's quite a bit of escapism with Dead Island and Riptide during this. Again, clearly a luxury resort, right? Everything's like you know, I couldn't afford to go and stay there on my holiday. Let's just put it that way. So I was like, oh, this is great. And I'm bludgeoning zombies as well. So that was fantastic. Um, so I was just like, is this going to work in LA? Like there are so many zombie games already set up in cities and things. So the setting of Dead Island was always like a bit more fun than trop this tropical paradise. But I think, um, I think it handled it really well, actually, because again, you're going, you know, going in all these different mansions and like there's a section with these influencers. And I think that also feeds into the tone of just being a bit more self-aware and just a bit more silly as well. Like um, there's uh, a mission that you do early on, um, basically have to go to an influencer mansion. And you just see, as I mentioned in my review, like a lot of the environmental storytelling also feeds into that just with regards to, you know, people just living out the apocalypse with drinks and drugs and whatever the hell else um but yeah it's all very silly it knows it's silly and it's just a real good time I really really enjoyed it um and I think yeah the setting did work actually so 
Uh, yeah, and the hub stuff again is interesting, but I do like the fact that you can go back and do other stuff because there's like a there's so many places you can't get into initially, and you've got to go and you know you need a fuse because of course you do because that's how everything works <laughs> in video game world. Video game logic, um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like we'll get one and come back, and then this guy is selling them for like fifteen hundred dollars a pop. You're just like, what? Um, but yeah, I really, I really liked it. I thought uh, I, th I was really surprised actually. I thought. I wasn't sure how it would go, especially with the Dying Light 2 disappointment. Uh, and also just with regards to not playing co-op, but I had a blast. So I was really, really pleased. So if you like the first one, you'll definitely love this one. And if you haven't given it a go, um, do, basically. So is it going to be on Game Pass day one? I'm not sure if it's going to be available. I don't, but... I don't believe it is a Game Pass title because I looked into this no. myself. But even more so than that, maybe this is a whole different debate, that I know at least in the US, Dead Island 2 is a full $70 uh, retail release. And I'm not sure, as someone who's played it for about four or five hours, whether or not I would recommend it for that price, especially when you've got other games like Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and, um, you know, uh, Star Wars is literally just around the corner now. Um, but before You'll we think. get in that, oh, yeah, I cannot wait for Star Wars. Really. <laughs> I belong in that galaxy far, far away. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, literally, we've got loads of comments pouring in on the chat. So thank you for commenting, guys. Um, first of all, we've got uh, Connor O'Neill in the chat. He says the Riptide CD trailer was also top tier too. Uh, never saw it myself, but who made those trailers? Maybe we should find out. Then we've got Scott McCree in the chat calling out Shabana. He says, it's no Dead Rising. Am I right? Shabana, are you a big Dead Rising fan then is what I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Oh, I absolutely love Dead Rising. And Scott <laughs> knows how much I like it. And I'm glad he's raised that point. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, we need a new Dead Rising on the go. Um, no, we don't. Mike. It sucks. <laughs> okay. We don't talk about Frank's big package on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Mahin Kasori's in the chat. He says the Flesh system is great. So, yeah, Flesh is sort of this acronym system. I believe it's like I'm not even going to attempt to remember what it stands for. But basically, at any point, you know, the NPC enemies, they're designed to just, you know, smatter around. Uh, JD Incinerator also in the chat. Again, thank you for the comments, guys. The first Dead Island came out a few months after the dreadful call of Juarez, the cartel. Whew, what a sad time that was to be a, a video game player. Does anybody on the pod remember that game, Call of Juarez? Which I remember the one where you played, which I was pleasantly surprised by. And if this ends mm. up being this one, I guess I'll be weird. But you had to, it was a Call of Juarez game, but you all had your own missions to be doing. Perhaps that was the conceit Ooh. of the entire series. I don't know. But you had to like sabotage things or do your own thing. Well, that's actually super fun. But I don't know if that was a cartel or not. So someone's going to have to tell me in the comments. I think, yeah, the comments might correct me on this as well. But I think the cartel was the one where they sort of took it out of the, the old school Western setting and brought it uh, up to the modern day which left a lot of people to be dis disappointed um yeah and then we've got luke beardsworth continuing the dead rising love again this is meant to be a dead island 2 chat but uh i'm appreciating it luke says i redid dead rising very recently and it made me very happy well what else can you say that frank is it frank castle yeah um yeah, a really good game, and hopefully Capcom should make some more. But in terms of the Dead Island 2 stuff, Jasmine, I'm conscious that um, you, you've not spoken on this topic yet. Have you seen any trailers? Is this the sort of game that would appeal to you? Is there? I know you're primarily a multiplayer person these days, but have zombies in games ever done it for you? No, not really. That was literally the first thing I was going to say, is that zombie games are just not really like my thing. Um, I will say, though, one, th the one thing I hate about games is when they're like really dark, and the whole premise of the game is that it's really dark, the environment's really dark, and then they use that to, to their advantage. And from what I've seen of Dead Island, Dead Island 2, it's like way brighter. And I know I always talk about this, I'm like, yeah, I love Fortnite because there's bright colors, but that's literally how I actually feel about games in general. 
is like when there's bright colors it just feels way more like interesting to look at i don't know if that's just like a the gen z in me or what but seeing bright colors makes me feel way more like into a game because when stuff is dark and then you can you're literally playing a game and you look in the screen and you can just see your own face that's just it's too dark do you know what terrifying. I mean? like, what's the point what are you doing um yeah. i know what so you i know what you i like that thanks. It, it does look good. It's really bright. But I know exactly what you mean. I remember the first time I tried a Fallout game. Um, I don't remember which one it was, but I was sat there playing it and it was just so drab. And I was like, what is this? And again, that really put me off. Um, Skyrim is obviously quite colourful and what have you. But yeah, going into a Fallout game that looks so drab and grey, you just it's just like you say, it doesn't quite hit right. But Dead Island is very bright. Um, there are obviously nighttime portions. As, why do I keep bashing this thing? There are obviously nighttime portions as well. But yeah, again, it's just as nice and bright and sunny as the first one, which I think is part of the fun um, of why I like that one as well, because it's just a really fun, bright environment that you just go around smashing zombies up in. So yeah, I think like that's the thing as well is that you just never expect to see things like bright yellow and bright pink and bright red in like these types of games. You just expect it to all be like grey and then you obviously always have some type of like greenery or something in there too, you know, running around in forests or woods or whatever. So that would be like the splash of colour is like the little bit of like grass or something. So seeing videos and pictures of Dead Island 2, I was kind of like, okay, is this like the Fortnite of the zombie game universe? Is this like, does this mean I have to play it? it? Um, And it just looks way more like satire and i know that's what shabana spoke about in her review and that's what kind of draws me to it it's like i just i hate zombie games where it's like the whole point of it is you're meant to actually feel like you're in a zombie apocalypse because it's just not how i'm gonna feel when i'm playing a game like that yeah i I remember speaking ahead of the preview to the game's director david stenton and uh he described the series as like a paradise gone to hell um and i think that's where they got the whole hell a thing before because obviously it's called dead island and it doesn't actually take place on an island so in terms of their north star that was the kind of thing they were shooting towards but in terms of like the brown era of games yeah the ps3 and 360 um left you a lot wanting there uh, your comments are still uh, rolling in guys again thank you for for leaving some comments scott mccray says you would hate the 360 era peak gray era and he's not wrong we've got Mahin kisor as well leaving a comment he says i like games with bright colors too and not a lot of text because i can't read he can't read but he can type so work <laughs> that one out uh viewers Connor O'Neill in the chat says GTA 4 was all shades of grey. That is a good point, actually, because I went to replay GTA 4 uh, via Xbox compatibility a couple of months back. And uh, you forget how sort of grey and, and brown that world is as well. Uh, JD Incinerator says, I think Fallout 3 is greyish. That could be the Fallout game that Shabana was talking about earlier. New Vegas was miles more interesting in terms of colour, but the post-apocalyptic setting seems to mean gravelly landscapes. Yes, exactly. Um, so keeping up with the Dead Island 2 chat, obviously, Shabana, you brought up earlier that Dying Light 2, which is obviously made by the orig- the developer of the original Dead Island, Techland. They're based in Poland. And in the time it's taken uh, the publisher Deep Silver to get Dead Island 2 out, uh, Techland have released not only one, but two uh, Dying Light games. So I'm just wondering, I think the main difference between Dead Island 2 and Dying Light 2 would be how movement is handled. So what can you say about the comparison between those games there sort of does the lack of parkour end up holding dead island 2 back would you say i think dead island 2 because i did give it four out of five because i mean a five is like the last of us right but i still had a blast with it anyway but the combat (laughs) the combat (laughs) is very (laughs) the combat's quite clunky right it's like 
And again, I am not great at parrying and things. So you could, in theory, if you can get your timing right, go through this game without getting too overwhelmed. Because what's great is when you counter something effectively and you hit the button, you get an animation. And that animation, from my experience, does not get interrupted. Like, let's say there's a horde of zombies around you and I start an animation over here. I'm not going to start getting walloped and getting really irritated because it just lets it play out. So you could easily go through... Um, which I don't think that was a mechanic in the first game and just not, so the clunky combat, if you will, isn't that bad because of these other mechanics that you've got going on. And there's a ton of environmental traps you can do as well. So there's like, you know, canisters of water kicking around, fuel cans everywhere. So, and if you have like an electric weapon or a fire weapon, you can set it all up. But yeah, the combat for me is quite clunky. It's obviously a very different game for Dying Light. Um, that's just fun just to run around the place in. Um, the flying kick and stuff is okay. That's a bit reminiscent of Dying Light. But I think ultimately you kind of have to accept the type of combat you're getting with that game. Similarly to Skyrim, it's not the most fluid, great combat system in the world, is it really? Um, but it's a, it's super fun anyway, I think. So I think they, are, they have got mechanics in that make the combat a bit more manageable with the counter and stuff, which I kind of managed to pull off most of the time but again I'm not great at like the parrying and things I'm like the timing it looks like I'm doing it right and then I'm just not and I just end up getting walloped I don't know how you got on with that but um I think that certainly helps so I think it has built on the I guess the flaws of the first game there that just took just to improve the combat but it's not you know it's not the same basically because you don't have that but there are allowances for that to make it a bit more fluid and i'm so sorry I keep hitting this I'm just that's all right you're having an argument with your microphone me and jasmine <laughs> and Tess, we always have arguments with our microphones yeah it's all good um yeah it's, it's interesting you should mention about combat because having i went basically in anticipation of dead island 2 coming out i did dip into riptide and I played it for a couple of hours and dead island riptide doesn't have a block uh function which coming from dead island 2 like that came in so handy because otherwise it's so easy to get surrounded uh, by zombies. Because unlike a series like Dead Rising, where you're just absolutely mowing through like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of NPC enemies um, to the point that there's a little counter in the bottom that tells you how many you've killed across the course of the game. In Dead Island 2, um, at least in my experience, if there's like four or five zombies that are like within a, a foot away from you, you, it's very easy for you to sort of get overwhelmed. And until I was able to level up my character and sort of, you know, uh, dive into the card system, which we haven't really talked too much about yet. But basically, the more your character levels up, you can access these cards, which you can insert to your deck, which can affect the different abilities you have, be that gaining uh, a bit more health back when you um, you know, are able to parry correctly. Other little tweaks like that, which I think are good additions to Dead Island 2. But were it not for that, I think I would have been eaten several times over, uh, 100%. Um, yeah, so Chibana, I, I know in your review, and obviously everybody should go to uh, themirrorgaming.com, Read Dead Island Two. Read the Dead Island Two review. Or .co.uk. You can go there as well. Or .co.uk as well. <laughs> Why don't we say that? In fact, make that your first stop, everybody. Yeah. Um, so many thoughts going around, but thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, I noticed that you mentioned that you tried out multiple different characters, and I'm wondering if you really noticed the difference between them. Obviously, you wouldn't have been able to complete the game using all three because nobody's got that amount of time to sink into one game. Uh, not that I know of, anyway. So, um, yeah, we. we What's your impressions of the card system and were you able to, you know, see the differences between the characters? Because there's six layers available. Well, I'm so glad you asked. So basically, like you say, you can get overwhelmed very fast. Um, so with Dying Light, let's just use that as an example. You can kind of keep an eye on the zombies and just do your stuff and, you know, when they're coming from. It was kind of weird and I can only compare it to like a 
tide coming in on the beach, like you scope this, the area out, you're like, okay, I'm gonna have a little loot now. And you have a little look down and then suddenly there's like zombies everywhere. And even if they're just shambling in, it's just really odd. Like normally you can kind of keep tabs on them, but they did start flowing in, I found, which is why the parry um, and counter system is so important. So I actually started out with Amy. So when I played the first game, I, I tend to sort of opt for uh, faster, lighter characters that obviously then you have to sacrifice some measure of like tank ability, right? So I thought I'd be fine because I was with Dead Island and uh, Riptide. Maybe I'm just old now and my reflexes aren't what they used to be. So I started out and I died right outside. Uh, I don't know how much we can, I don't want to talk about too much, but there's a, an area that you go into, um, not the first set apart, but after that. Mm -hmm. And I immediately got overwhelmed and I just died like twice out there. And I was like, am I this rubbish at games now? Like what's, what is my life? Um, and then I started again and I gave Carla a go and uh, Danny, who's the one I'm doing now, she's my favorite. Um, and that made a massive difference. So I'm, it's, you know, I'm obviously a bit better now with the parrying and what have you, but um, that was a big difference at the outset, specifically for me. I mean, if you've got it down with the dodging and things, you could probably just pick anybody and be absolutely fine. But um, yeah, I definitely died more than I was expecting uh, right at the start with Amy, the faster character. Um, and again, I think the card system is really good. Uh, it obviously sec separates everything into abilities or whatever the hell else are all called. Um, and you can get like, you can just choose things to complement one another. So I use a flying kick a lot um, just to get some space. I love that in Dying Light as well. And then you can get another card that supplements that with additional um, damage and stuff. And similarly, there's like a ground pound and you can, you know, um, supplement that as well, similarly with the card. So there is, you can kind of build your character however you want to based on the stuff that you use. And there are some cards that are specific to certain slayers. Uh, as well so I don't know how many you had to go with but like you know it could be like Danny and somebody else I didn't play any of the male characters so I don't know what their names are Ryan potentially I don't know um Chad uh, so... <laughs> almost certainly <laughs> but yeah how many did you uh get, give a go did you notice any differences between the ones that you picked uh, I didn't really know because I, I haven't for my sins I only had time to play uh, one I'm just busy diving into other things but um, I did get a chance to like obviously swap in and swap out the different cards because in addition to like the drop the drop kick I feel like that at least for me that was one of the earliest abilities that I could acquire and having had so much fun with it in uh, in Dying Light uh, and uh, a little bit in Dying Light too, uh, it's just too good to pass up because like you said it's good for clearing space and then the moment I tried swapping that in for a different uh, ability similar to dodge really there's like I believe it's like you might even have to like sacrifice your parry to like dodge or something but uh, when I was playing it uh, a couple of days ago I remember like I didn't the building blocks are there for you to basically customize your character within the Slayer system. But I think it's worth saying that I think I believe that each Slayer comes with two unique cards. But in my experience, just from the character that I played, again, it was a female character. Maybe it was Danny as well. Um, the, you know, it wasn't anything too drastic. So very much the building blocks are there. And that is the main hook for Dead Island 2 over the... Um, uh, over the original really is how the sort of like upgrade system uh, works. So it, that's why we're spending so much time talking about it, guys. Um, so we got JD Incinerator on the chat. Uh, I think I believe they've also played the game. He says, I personally relished when the firearms were introduced. So this is an aspect of the game that I haven't actually, uh, in my, uh, where I've got in the game, I haven't actually come uh, across any firearms yet. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they would come in handy with the boss fights in this game because they are absolute like hit sponges. I don't know if you'd agree, Shibana, just like wailing upon these boss enemies. And then they become like permanent enemies later on. So they're not just one-offs. 
Yeah, so again, it's similarly, I mean, whenever you have a zombie game, right, you have all your different types of zombies and what have you, and then they start bringing the scarier ones in afterwards. But I mean, even in the first one, I didn't really use the guns that much. Um, I think I just like, because it's a shame, <laughs> it's, I'm not some sort of psycho, I promise, but it's a shame to use a gun when you can hack <laughs> a hacker zombie to pieces mm. and watch its flesh flying off and jaws coming off and eyeballs hanging out. Um, I'm going to say that you definitely are a psycho because my, <laughs> I I'm like in the opposite. I like prefer to go from afar, <laughs> shoot, and watch the heads explode from a distance so that I don't have to see eyeballs and other weird dangly bits. That's probably your dream, watching eyeballs fall well, out. Well, I'm heads, an abject but... coward usually. So, ten, so, for example, if I'm playing Skyrim, while I am like sneaking around, I don't want to get caught. I want to just stand back and just ping you like if i can cheese my way through a fight without getting anywhere close to somebody i'll do it but you kind of because of the nature of these games and it's predominantly melee you kind of have to get into the swing of things as it were so by the time you know guns and stuff do open up you're having such a fun time just hacking things to pieces and especially when you get the mod so like you can um let's say you've got a puddle of water and you've got one zombie walking through it and you've got like an electric machete if you zap them and other ones are close by it will then spread to all of them so i love like again just with dying light like if you um you can get certain things so like leo zombies in like a zombie flesh or what have you and just watching them all come down into one point and then throwing in a molotov and just standing back and watching them roast alive and getting all that sweet xp is very satisfying but like you can sort of start things off um in this with like your fire machete or like your electric hammer or just clubbing people to death so i think there's enough variety with regard to the melee weapons and it's actually really fun so even though you're given the option to and again because of the environmental stuff you don't have to get in because again i'm i'm very much a coward i like to just do things from a distance and not risk getting hurt but there's enough fun stuff going on in there that you can set up environmental traps have your fun and then back out a bit and then just watch them all die with something that you've set up so um there is definitely room for that but i just think with a game like that um where that's kind of the the fun is crafting weapons and like watching you know the effects of that pan out um i definitely think it's i mean yeah try the firearms if you want to but like melee is where it's at for me with dead island i think just because of all the mods and stuff that i've been crafting so yeah dead island 2 is clearly you're pushed towards the melee system right because they put so much effort into it with the flesh system the crafting system as shabana said to the extent that i was actually surprised that firearms <clears> were in the <throat> game uh whatsoever because in the original Dying Light, uh, obviously made by Techland, uh, who made the original uh, Dead Island, which I've said before, but hence what's relevant. Um, <laughs> um, you didn't get access to firearms until like a long way through the game. And that felt like you were almost breaking it in a certain way. Like, even though ammunition was scarce, I felt like, you know, if all else fails, if I'm about to literally die, then I could always rely on my firearms. And then I thought it was interesting that Techland removed um, firearms entirely from Dying Light 2. Uh, I, I didn't get a, lo a long way through that game, but um, I, I know it's did not I, there. But... Yeah. yeah, I will say one point that uh, Dying Light Two has over Dead Island Two is the Rosario Dawson factor because Rosario Dawson needs to be in more games. Everybody, uh, not just Dishonored and Dying Light Two. Um, was she in Dying Light Two? Who was she in there? She plays a character. I didn't get to her whilst um. uh, in the playthrough that I played, but she's all over the trailers. Um, I Fair actually enough. do have, after having played Dead Island 2, I do have Dying Light 2 installed on my PS5 at the moment. So I'm sort of in that zombie mode now. And um, I'm sort of intrigued. But um, talking about characters, I guess the final point I would bring up with Dead Island 2, Shibana, is what do you make of the story? 
and I'm being generous just by calling it a story, I almost want to say, at least from what I've played. But feel free to tell me that I'm absolutely wrong. And uh, there is, you know, there's a story. Well, exactly. I didn't I didn't even know there was a story. I thought it was just like this sandbox go in and bash zombies about and run around thing. I didn't even know there was a story. Well, story similarly to the first one is there's a zombie outbreak and you have to get out. Basically, that's the story. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, do you need more than that? (laughs) Um, And on your way out, there's obviously like, oh, you know, this old man is kicking around and you need to help him or whatever. So you can do these things if you want to. But the story is that you're just trying to escape. Similarly with Dead Wait, Island. Where are you escaping out. from? Like from Earth? I'm so confused. LA. This is zombie. LA. So this the zombie, zombie apocalypse, interestingly, it's not global. So when uh, Dead Island came out, it was it was just in this island, basically. Okay. And you kind of, they're going to like nuke the place or whatever. Oh, that wasn't Dying Light, was it? I'm pretty sure that was Dead Island, the original one. And you have to get out before the government are like trying to keep it under wraps and kill everybody. Uh, and you need to just leave because you're immune, basically. That's the whole point of Dead Island. Uh, yes, Dead Island. The, char- the four lead characters in that one are all immune. Um, so they kind of like use that as a bargaining chip to get off and they want to obviously escape before everywhere is incinerated along with the zombies. So it's not like a global apocalypse at this stage. It's just, you know, whatever. And one of the characters from Dead Island actually is in the second one, Ooh, uh, Sam B. It's Sam B, the guy who does the, um, you know, at the beginning of the game. Well, that's his yeah, name yeah. basically, but the one that does this, the video, uh, music video that Scott loves so much from the uh, right, first right. game. Uh, so he'll be pleased <laughs> but um, he comes in there and he's like oh I've been through this before and all this business so you basically want to get out and you, you know you find out what they've been doing about the zombies the government they um, along the way so you kind of just need to escape this area to survive essentially basically that's a story so you're not playing this for the story like I said it's not the last of us so you know if you like bashing zombies in and you know doing it with friends then you should play Dead Island too. That is true. That is true. I know we had a comment in the chat earlier. Apologies. I can't remember who said it. It might have been Jason, actually, um, that we're asking if we were going to do a Dead Island 2 stream. I will say, watch this space. Watch this space. I'm not making any promises now because I haven't got that authority, but uh, you never know. You never know. Um, <laughs> so um, Nathan is in the YouTube comments. He says he makes a good point, actually. He says zombie games slash shows are so popular now. The Last of Us, Resident Evil, Dead Island, Walking Dead. Why are they so popular, do we think? Have they and not always been popular? What, though? This is well, what I they've been around for decades. They've been around yeah. for decades, these types of games. Like, they've always been there. The Walking Dead was like going on for like 13 seasons or something. Like they're always going to be popular. I don't think if they're like rising in popularity now. I think it just seems like that because the Last of Us TV show came out, and then that's I agree. People are, like clinging to and Resident Evil Four remake. We just yeah, had that. but th- no. that's like Resident Evil has been a franchise since before I was born, as everyone is going to say. <laughs> so like you know that's already been popular. Um, so but, but, even but th- even the Last of Us is already a thing. It's been a thing for ages. It's just that they made yeah. the TV show and it made it more like mainstream in the sense that people who don't normally play games started watching it and got really into it and probably started seeing all of these like other games and stuff it made it seem like it's become popular now but i feel like zombie games have always been popular and probably will be for many many years to come like people just always love bashing zombies heads and maybe it's because of the same reason as shabana i don't know yeah probably (laughs) i would just say and i love how shabana's got that uh, reputation now anyway let's keep that up (laughs) for as long as we can um i think the thing (laughs) with zombie games is that it's like everyone can agree that zombies 
are fun to kill, right? So as long as you've, you're being given creative ways to do it um, and that the developers are providing creative ways to do it, be that through crafting and things like that, um, it's a guilt we a guilt-free way of, um, you know, uh, having fun and getting in and slaughtering. Exactly. So anyway, guys, that was our Dead Island 2 discussion. Uh, as mentioned earlier, you can read Shabana's review live on themirror.co.uk, not themirror.com. Uh, God knows what that will send you. Um, and the game does come out uh, this Friday. So will you pick it up? Let us know if you're watching. If you played the game already, maybe via preview or maybe via demo, or you plan on picking it up, let us know in the comment section below. But moving on to our second story, and the, the main reason why Jasmine uh, is, is here on this episode. I'm, I'm joking, of course, I'm joking. Um, but as our resident multiplayer expert. So X Defiant, previously known as Tom Clancy's X Defiant, is a fast-paced arena shooter in the vein of Call of Duty and features factions of characters from a multitude of Ubisoft series doing battle in 6v6 team-based battles across a variety of maps and game modes. Is, is this starting to sound familiar? Um, it was first announced in 2021 with the Tom Clancy name detached. However, it was rebranded after the scope of the game was expanded to include Ubisoft titles outside side of the Tom Clancy subseries, uh, including Far Cry, I believe. I believe the medic character in there is from uh, Far Cry. So obviously, uh, we had gaming editor Nathan and uh, Matt Aldous uh, stream a bit of X Defiant uh, live on the Mirror Gaming YouTube channel yesterday. You can still watch that now and see what they made of the game. Me, Jasmine and Shabana, we were enjoying their stream in the chat. We've got some big impressions, but Jasmine, what can you tell us about X Defiant so far as our resident uh, shooter expert? Are you getting good vibes off of, off of it so far? No. I feel like I say that a lot. <laughs> Tell us what you really think. <laughs> I feel like you always come to me and you're like, yeah, Jasmine, give us your opinion. And it's just really bad. So um, sorry. But no, I'm no. the Xbox Game Pass guy, so don't give me that. I'm used to being the villain. I I don't really like it. I just think, like, does the world need another Call of Duty copy? Like, Does it be for real with me right now? Does it? No. Well, I think Sony so, needs one, that's for sure. But I don't know about the world, mm. but Sony certainly needs to sort its uh, stuff out. But this out. is the thing is that, like, realistically, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to start going into war zones. Do it, do it, do it. I mean, that's, ages, what you, that's what we're here ages. for. We want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is the thing, like, realistically, there shouldn't be space for something like X Defiant because Warzone should just work, right? Like, Warzone should just be a good game. Um, but then now there is space for stuff like X Defiant because Warzone is really crap. So then they're like, okay, quickly, we need to capitalize on this market of Warzone players who are feeling really miserable because Warzone is so crap. So they bring out a game that's basically identical to Warzone. Like literally, if you go back and watch the stream from yesterday that Nathan and Matt were playing in the closed beta, it's like identical to Call of Duty. And it's like... They did say, they were like, oh yeah, it plays a bit more similarly to Valorant, but I don't think that. I, I haven't played it though, but from what I could see, I don't think it plays similarly to Valorant at all. It looks pretty much identical to Call of Duty. And it is cool to be able to incorporate characters from across the franchises that people love and stuff like that. But it's kind of like, if we just don't need more first-person shooter games, we should be making the first-person shooter games that already exist better. And fixing them because yeah. like otherwise we're going to end up with a ton of these games that are going to come to like like for example apex legends is one where there's so much potential and people just fell out of love with it so quickly like it's only been around for like three or four years now and people are already like giving up on it they don't want to play it anymore people just aren't happy with it anymore when realistically like it is a 
it's a good game. Like it just needs to listen to its player base a bit more. Same with every single first person shooter. Maybe this is just the first person shooter curse. But yeah, if I go too much into this, we'll be here for hours, I swear. So I just no, that's... I don't know. I, I don't think, know I the think, I think you make a good point because the, the problem is is at the moment is obviously the market's being saturated. There's a lot of these free-to-play hero shooters. Paladins, obviously, as I'm sure the viewers would have heard, is the, the, the support for the Nintendo Switch version for that game is being shut down. And it, it's X Defiant who? Everybody should be playing Paladins. But um, You're devastated. <laughs> oh, <absolutely laughs> During the pandemic, Paladins was like one of the only possible games that me and my friends would play because Overwatch wasn't free to play at the time. Uh, and Paladins is basically an Overwatch copy for the people that don't know. Yeah, um, but Overwatch is free to play now. Like, I don't... Just just give it a go. Just come on, Aaron. Overwatch, Get on Overwatch. Yeah, I did, I did play it before and I did play May, really, because I like my ice-based characters. Uh, yeah. Come out and stuff, and I did have uh, a good time with that. But obviously, Jasmine, you made a good point that do we need another one? No. But the problem is, is that Ubisoft are looking at literally the mountains of cash the likes of epic mm -hmm. are making with fortnite the likes that activisions is still kind of making with warzone 2 um, don't get me started on that finger. battle pass don't get it's literally in a beta and they've already got a battle pass like it's like battle passes are coming to every single game like i don't know if yeah. you guys played multiverses which basically yeah. never came out of beta like because it was just such a long beta and even that had a battle pass that you could pay for when it was in beta because yeah, they crazy. knew that they could capitalize off of these people that were in love with these like characters from their childhood and whatever. And it's like, why does every single game have to have a battle pass now? I get it's obviously like it's it's a, it's an easy way to make money in a sort of era of of people hunting for free to play stuff. It's an easy way to make money. It's like good value as opposed to buying skins directly from the shop in the case of most games like for example fortnite you're spending like a tenner to get a battle pass you get a ton of skins whereas you'd probably spend that same tenner once to get one skin in the shop i get it but it's like i am i'm seeing them so much that it's just starting to gross me out now when i see a battle pass i'm like ugh, of course but would you not battle pass in this game do you not think jasmine because before the battle pass system came along and was sort of popularized popularized by fortnite it was more sort of we're going to put in these microtransactions like piecemeal. It was like, you know, we're going to Overwatch used to have a loot box system where you would buy loot boxes, not knowing what you'd get. So not I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here and I don't really play too many multiplayer games. But Fall Guys, it was a game that I got into that does a battle pass system. And there's no denying that being drip fed the sort of getting that dopamine hit of I'm hitting the next stage of the battle pass. I'm hitting the next stage of the battle pass. It does you know, it does benefit the wider player base because the whales that invest in it, you know, there's always like a free tier. Even Diablo 4, which is a game that comes out in June that I'm really excited for, that's going to have a battle pass. So mm -hmm. it's, I agree I with you that it's infectious, like, but what's the alternative? I think with battle passes, I don't know if it's just because I'm really picky, but I don't get that sort of like that rush that you sort of spoke about in terms of like, yeah, when I get unlocking different tiers of it and I'm like, yeah, I finally got this and this and this. I just feel like the quality... Of a lot of, and this might be biased in just the games I play. It might be that a game I don't play has an amazing battle pass, but the battle pass stuff typically isn't amazing. It's like you can see the quality of skins or cosmetics or whatever else that games put out through their shop, and then you see the quality of the cosmetics in a battle pass, and it's just like, like it's bad. I, don't, I hate it, and I'll literally sometimes it comes to the end of the season in Fortnite, and then my friends will be like to me have you finished the battle pass i'm like no i'm not even close i'm still like level five or something and they're like okay yeah time to grind finish the battle pass and then when i'm grinding i'm kind of like 
why am I grinding? All of these skins are like so rubbish. It's so terrible. So there's no point. So hang on. So you're paying for the battle pass and then you're not doing anything with it. This is why it exists to get no, people I like do. you. No, I do. <laughs> I do end up always, especially with stuff like Fortnite, where you get your V-Bucks in it so you can then buy the next one, right? Like I right. always grind enough to get enough V-Bucks to buy the next one. But then in stuff like Overwatch, for example, I typically play Overwatch enough every season to not have to worry about grinding at the end of the season anyway because I'm an addict. But I just think that like... The, the quality of the cosmetics in the Overwatch Battle Pass are like really, really poor compared to the quality of the cosmetics that they're putting out in the shop. You can just see they're like, they're churning out these low quality cosmetics so that they can sell a Battle Pass. And they're tricking you into thinking, wow, you're getting so much good value stuff. But realistically, you're probably not going to use a lot of those cosmetics because they're so hideous. In my opinion, no one jumped down my throat if you disagree, because that's well, my opinion. I think they're hideous. What I will agree with you on is first-person shooter games where they uh, offer cosmetics as a perk, because like I get that other players are going to be able to see you, but like what really is your own incentive? Yeah, to that's another thing. That? Is that like, like Fortnite? I you have can a actually see if you're John Cena. Overwatch, and no one can see me. Like yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. everyone can see me, but I can't see it. <laughs> well, I can't. Yeah, um, I can't so, see so my own back skin. in the day, back in the day, Jasmine, when you were. Maybe not even alive. Parents' eye, yeah. The Xbox had an avatar system, and mm. you could buy clothes and stuff for your avatar. Yeah, I do now, remember that. Yeah, right. So I was uh, alive. But, but <laughs> just <laughs> you were like in your earliest memories. I remember seeing your dad playing you at something. Jesus. So, um, but people would buy like clothes for their avatar. You, that wasn't a game you could play or do anything with it. It was just so people could see you. So similarly with like weapon skins and things. So there is that kind of like, um, you know, peacocking around and letting people see what you've got. And again, that's why, you know, sometimes if it's a really difficult to earn skin, then it's like, you know, a badge of like, well, what I got, the but Xbox you can buy thing, it as You well. can still see it too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, not, not regular. Unless you're going into that screen, it's not necessarily something you're going to see on a regular basis. Yeah. So unless unless I go into like, oh, well, I'm going to dress her in today and put things on it, I'm mm -hmm. not going to have any real involvement with that at all. It was It's just money down the drain, essentially, just so you can wear like, oh, I've got a Left 4 Dead hat or, or whatever yeah. it is. So similarly with that, I mean, like Aaron was saying, before Battle Passes came along, yeah, I mean, there was that whole thing with the first microtransaction. Was it a horse or, or horse armor? That whole yeah, meme? horse armor for Diablo. Or right. World of Warcraft, so, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So people are always going to churn out stuff like that. And it, it kind of, it always is just how to get money from people. So the loot boxing mm -hmm. went on. Then we started getting the legal issues. I know you guys talked about before in the podcast. And then it's like, well, how else do you get money from people? And like you say, if you do put the better from the battle pass, what do you put in the item shop? So there is a level of like, you know, cynicalness here you have a take that's not a word but you have a take into account because of it's a, a business right so similarly there are lots of games and shooters but you know if Fortnite hadn't have been like well Call of Duty's you know whatever I want to try and compete with it we wouldn't have had Fortnite right so mm -hmm. and now we've obviously got a position with Sony they kind of need because they had Killzone back in the day but they need to think about the 10 year span of COD and what they're going to do after that now so you kind of always have to try your hand to try to compete with these things and then obviously then the issue comes with well can you keep up with this stuff can you get good content out can you keep the seasons and going with battle pass and money coming in especially if it's free to play so fortnite's kind of set the bar now where you have to have a free to play game aaron you were saying you got into paladins because it was uh, free to play right and overwatch wasn't so you kind of have to make that money back somehow so i think that what fortnite has done 
I guess it depends on how you look at it. It's either a positive or a negative, depending on how you like to play. But you kind of have to have a free-to-play shooter now and you have to make your money back through a battle pass. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. Um, but you need people to keep spending that money. And obviously, you know, Fortnite's now the new card. Like back in the day, Call of Duty was like the shooter to beat, right? And now it's Fortnite and COD's trying to, they went for Battle Royale and they're trying to get in on that whole thing there. But I think it is difficult and everyone's always going to try their hand on it. And especially if you're free to play, you kind of have to make that money back. So obviously Diablo 4, you're going to pay for and pay for the Battle Pass. So I start to question yeah. things oh, there. What's <laughs> even worse? Well, no, well, exactly. That have paid Battle Passes. So I, yeah. so I got to interview the uh, one of the game directors of Diablo 4 um, and that interview is live on themirror.co.uk on the site. And uh, he did mention that like it's all purely cosmetic. It's for people that, like Ashabana say, was saying, wants the peacock uh, for things. Um, I'm loving the Battle Pass chat, by the way. This is an next defiant conversation, just in case anyone's aware. But I love these little <laughs> well, wells that were going down. And in terms of the back in the dayness of Call of Duty, remember when people would buy, well, Activision would sell you like individual map packs for games and they would literally lock off people because obviously you couldn't play with people if you didn't have the maps correctly. Um, little tidbit there, like that would definitely not fly these days so i think if the ba the battle pass as well the people that pay for the battle pass they subsidize uh the ability for the de developers to just release or in theory release new maps new content free for everybody else but um uh, plenty of comments coming in uh, strapping everybody uh, on the x defiant debate we've got uh who have we got we've got mahin kasor saying give us the shady takes jasmine here for the chaos and i, I feel like jasmine's uh, delivered on that uh skyrifter in the chat says hopefully they put ubisoft quartz nfts in the game i'm not quite sure how truthful he's being there didn't they sell like two or three of those uh then we've got connor o'neill who's very much agreeing with shibana which is a whole other debate that i'd like to get into he says sony should just resurrect killzone and be done with it where's the kills where's killzone where's mag where's my favorite game resistance 3 which you can sort of see behind me there Hiding behind a kill zone man, actually. Um, then we've got JD Incinerator in the chat. It says the only defiant thing about X Defiant is how UB defies making many games these days that are actually great. Ooh, shots fired. Shots fired indeed. And then we've got our very own Matt in the chat that says, I don't think we haven't got any Call of Duty games other than Call of Duty. Just a bunch of games that try but fail at being up to the standard. So we've never had a game that has rivaled COD. But then Shabana said in the discussion, oh, Matt. Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite is pretty much, yeah, come on. Have you heard of this game called Fortnite? It's like an oh indie up and comer. Yeah. Uh, we got JD. We've got JD Incinerator. It says, last great Ubisoft game was Watch Dogs 2. I won't disagree with you there. Uh, Matt saying, Overwatch, Apex, and Fortnite are nothing like Call of Duty. Anyway, the comments are rolling in. Thank you very I'm much sorry, for being what? with us, guys. Fortnite is nothing like Call of Duty? Don't get me started, Matt. Don't get me I started. I think they're not, but that's good though, because what I'm saying yes. is people your age, Matt, I'm not gonna put myself in that bracket. <laughs> people, people of that What's age uh, you know, they played those games and then Fortnite came out. You're like, what are these kids up to with their free-to-play Fortnite and all these crazy skins and what have you? But that's what people play these days. That's why mm -hmm. it's popular, that's why it's making yeah. money. That's why Call of Duty had to change and copy Fortnite. And that's why Battlefield, my shooter of choice back in the day, now sucks and no one plays oh, it anymore. And so where is now. Bad Company 3? Oh, okay, wait, that's here we go. My thoughts are Fortnite <laughs> is not Call of Duty. Are you serious? It's a cartoon game. This is what You're I was just gonna say. Game. I hate people, I hate people. People that say games aren't like serious because they're too cartoony or because mm. they're too like because the stylistic like way that they've gone is just yeah. different. You hate Matt so, is what you're saying. I think yeah. we can all get on board with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I don't. No, but but this is the thing is that like 
just because a game is cartoony or it's got bright colors or it's got anime characters in it like scott was saying like it doesn't mean that it's not like a real game and i get why people say that kind of maybe no i don't actually know um it just it it's still a good game and you're just like being put off of it because you think oh yeah i i want to play cod i want to be a big serious man going to war playing cod but like can i i love this <laughs> wait go on, I'm, just... Gonna, I'm just gonna, i'm just gonna back jasmine up very quickly i promise and i'll be quiet yeah, go for it. <laughs> but, but what we need to remember about cod is that yes we had a serious story and don't get me started on the whole military aspect of it all but mm-hmm, you've got a serious mm-hmm. story and what have you but let's be real when you were playing multiplayer card, it's always 12 year olds. The joke was there are always kids in the chat. So I guess it was an 18 Mom, get the game camera. A serious, <laughs> yeah, a serious story. But like ultimately there were always kids playing card. And that's why nobody liked being in the lobbies or having like open chat there. Because it's always a bunch of crazy little toxic children running around playing a game that they shouldn't have had access to. So Fortnite <laughs> is a game that's a bit more child friendly. Again, the vi- you, you, know, you don't get killed. You kind of whatever it is that happens and then you zap back in again because i was speaking to a friend of mine um about letting his child play fortnite and i was like well it's not violent like call of duty it's it's different like you don't splatter and die so it's more child appropriate but ultimately the same age group oh my god (laughs) that was playing (laughs) cards when they shouldn't have been is now just playing fortnite so we've always had this little pool of kids playing games they shouldn't have so it wasn't as if call of duty lobbies were just adults maturely oh how are you what do you think about this i've got Mm -hmm. a situation as you're running around the place it's always been little upstart children (laughs) kicking around annoying people and now they're just doing that in fortnite and that's absolutely fine yeah Yeah. i guess in that sense fortnite is a more appropriate setting for 12 year olds to sort of like kill each other or not kill each other personally i'd say splatoon 2 splatoon 3 there's a lot of fun (laughs) Uh, if not paladins obviously um (laughs) yeah uh more more comments coming in in the in the chat we've got nathan saying is goku in cod no therefore fortnite is better well i feel (laughs) like you just thrown the gauntlet down and then you've got connor o'neill and this is why i was laughing just off the chat now he says this chat is a war zone and uh, I promise I'm trying. I'm doing my best to rein the kids in, uh, Connor. Don't worry. There's a lot of, there's a lot of passion in, in in the chat, and I love it. Um, I feel like one aspect of the whole X Defiant debate we haven't mentioned yet is that this isn't the first time that Ubisoft has made a play for the free to play uh, FPS shooter space. Obviously, they had a game uh, called Hyperscape, which to put it politely, died on its ass. I feel like it was only like, it was live for like less than a year. Um, But then the other uh, question is that Ubisoft already has a very, uh, a very, very successful PVP shooter game. And the game is called Rainbow Six Siege. I I think it released uh, 2015 or 2016. And I'm kind of wondering why they're chasing the free to play rainbow, as opposed to investing in a community, which are hardcore, invest in the ecosystem and are constantly left, um, you know, yearning for more content. Um, has anybody here got any experience with Rainbow Six Siege at all? This is, that's I was well, going to mention this actually. Well, is like when I go. started sort of speaking about there are so many games that already exist that they should be putting their resources into, like Rainbow Six Siege. Like, why are you starting a whole new franchise when you have this game where people are like desperate to get new content in? There are players hanging on to Rainbow Six Siege right now, still waiting for like you know the game to be updated properly be improved and you know what i mean like i feel like i hate when live service games just kind of like go dark for ages and ages and ages and then suddenly they come out with a new game well i wonder where you guys went do you know what i mean 
Um, well, my, yeah. my question about, um, and maybe I misunderstood because I didn't, and I know the expiant beta's come out. I've been busy playing Dead Island, so I've not been paying much attention. So is it the case where the characters in it are basically from their other franchises and then they all run around together? Or have I misunderstood that completely? No, you're correct. I think it's like Far Cry, The Division, Ghost Recon, they've all, so, which again, yeah, go on. Go on I, I, I was just going to say, so that being the case, um, that kind of, and again, I don't know if Jasmine's piece that she has up, she's, if not, it's great. You should read it when it comes out. Um, but about how the similar way with Overwatch kind of like de deals with their skins and things like crossover they had recently or somewhat recently. Um, that's kind of different. So Rainbow Six is quite, again, like a serious game, again, from my limited interactions with it. So in this case, you've got like the characters from Ubisoft franchises that you can run around and play as. So I guess if you like Assassin's Creed, maybe that will be in there. I don't know. But that's a bit more like a fun, lighthearted take just off the back of what this sounds like. I've not played it. And I did have the stream on the other day, but it was muted. I'm so sorry, uh, Nathan and Matt. <laughs> but um, maybe that's... <laughs> But maybe that's a kind of they're going for more of that kind of Fortnite audience because obviously Fortnite has so many collabs and Ubisoft's got all these IPs already. So it's the case of like just bringing them in in a silly way without necessarily, I don't know how silly it is, without like pissing Not off very. people that are, oh, really? But I, I don't know. Well, I mean, it depends. Like it's kind of like a card crossover with like all the skins and things in. But like that, I guess, is my guess as to what they're doing with this. They can utilize their other IP and have them in there um, and over the more serious, I guess, Rainbow Six crowd. But I don't know. Yeah, That's there's definitely some sort of cross-promotional intention there, right? In terms of you know, how do we advertise our games that are coming out? Or oh, wouldn't it be good if we had a platform where we could just throw them all in? Like, I'm sure if if this if X Defiant was um, and the, that's partially the reason why they took the Tom Clancy name off of it because they don't just want to be limited to that sort of militaristic brand, as you say, Shabana. But um, if this is successful, I don't think it's without the realm of the possibility that we see um, like Altair or Ezio from Assassin's Creed, as silly as that seems, uh, running around in like this heavily grayish sort of Call of Duty looking game as Jasmine sort of hinted at earlier. Um, this is probably a, a, a bit of a wider debate, but guys, we are mere minutes away from the Indie World Showcase Direct premiering at five o'clock. So make sure you stick around for that because we will be reacting to it, provided my internet connection stays uh, relatively stable. Um, but this constant dilution of like Call of Duty uh, Ubisoft titles in terms, you know, it was only a couple of years ago where we had King Kong and Godzilla appear in Warzone. And every time I sort of see that sort of stuff, I kind of cringe because it doesn't, you know, I, I used to be able to take these games seriously, but sort of suddenly everything is trying to become Fortnite. Everybody's trying to become Fortnite. And um, somebody said it in the YouTube chat earlier that, um, you know, I, do you know what? I've just, I've just lost my point. Um, but yeah, basically everything is, is Fortnite now oh that was it Ubisoft just followed trends rather than creating new ones which is a shame considering the success they've had in Rainbow Six but Jasmine when you see things like cross-promotional like like we're seeing here in X Defiant as limited as it might be for now do you think there's value in in, in other games doing that or should they just leave the sort of multiple IPs to something like Fortnite which has a sort of art style that they can all be filtered through I think that um Fortnite have done a really good job of it obviously and that's going to always make people try to copy it because that's just the way that gaming is right now if they see something that they can capitalize off of and the money that fortnite brings in they're like yeah okay we have to do this and i can see where it kind of comes from but i think it's so much of it comes down to if they do it well and i just don't think any other games do it well the way that fortnite do so like nathan is saying in chat king kong and godzilla don't even fight don't don't get me started that's like if you are doing a King Kong and Godzilla f 
feature in your game how, how why are they just standing there doing nothing you know what i mean like you finally got the opportunity to have these amazing characters in your game and then yeah. they just stand there and they're basically like buildings or whatever like they you, they don't even do anything so that's where i think fortnite always wins is that because they've just done it in such a way where it's like okay yeah you, you get them in as skins as like cosmetics and then they do these like massive events around them as well so that way like they change the whole map and they add like different points of interest like specific to whatever event that they're running like fortnite just do it so well and i think that's why it makes you cringe when you see it in other games not because they're doing these collabs but because you know that they're not going to be executed properly in my opinion I think, anyway yeah Shavana, i think you've you got think? a good point there and i think um again we talked about this with this overwatch 2 content jasmine's got coming keep your eyes peeled but it's difficult when you have an established series that again has a certain tone and goes back years and has a certain player base because then you know you can't you do have to kind of like react to trends as well right because a new game comes out fortnite's had great success we saw it with Battlefield when they had the Christmas skins uh, a couple of years ago. Everybody was getting livid. They were like, this is ruining my immersion. I mean, take out the, the hoo-ha around putting a female character in. You couldn't even have somebody in a Santa suit because the issue now that you have is you've got the way Fortnite's doing things and, you know, integrations with like the metaverse and collaborations and things, which is great for them and it's working. But you're really... You, you kind of have to choose whether you're going to leave your old player base behind in a series like COD or not. And it's very difficult trying to walk that line. So you're trying to appease people that do want a serious game. That's for kids. Like your kids are playing your game as well, Newsflash. But like they don't want to piss them off too much and they want to go after the, where the money is. But, you know, that's not going to necessarily sit well with an established audience. So Fortnite had a, a advantage really because it was a brand new ip they could mess around with it however they wanted um you know they knew they were going after a younger crowd i mean just because it looks that way doesn't mean it's just for kids but ultimately that's the kind of mindset of people that play battlefield and card it's a serious game and fortnite is not but ultimately that's what the developers are trying to go for because that's where the money is and they kind of hampered themselves a bit you can't cater to that serious crowd and have these super serious campaigns and then have a santa claus person running around in battlefield without people getting upset about it like i said that crowd gets upset about even just having female soldiers in because it breaks the immersion it's just like do you understand that if a bullet hits you, you're dead so if you can accept respawning maybe just be a bit more open-minded about everything else but it is difficult to try to you know uh, adapt those types of games to what this new generation wants and I think that's they're always going to struggle with that unless you make a decision to cut off the old player base and just do something new you're really going to struggle I think so again you this Ubisoft shooter X Defiance seems to be kind of trying to cater to both you've got your solid gameplay but you've got all oh, these different factions coming in that are from different um, IP so I think that's always going to be an issue that they're going to be dealing with like Cotton Battlefield and what have you so that's my thoughts. No, absolutely. Like when I when I was growing up, seeing like half these characters, you know, appear in these games seemed like it. I think we're past the point of it being cool now because it's almost expected. It's like we've seen the Avengers assemble. Now what's next? And I guess that's kind of what we're looking for. But guys, we're literally a couple of minutes. Oh, by the way, have you played the X Defiant beta? I believe it's running until April 24th, but Ubisoft have been reporting server issues. So it might be extended beyond that so people can get in but let us know what you think in the YouTube comments below. But we are now mere moments away, as I keep saying, from the Indie World Nintendo Direct Showcase. Um, and we're going to use this time just to sort of like predict certain things that maybe we might see. Uh, obviously, this isn't a first party Direct. We're not going to see any anything new from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. But Shabana, Jasmine, are there any particular indie games you're hoping we might get an extra look at at all? 
Take it away, Jasmine. I know you're excited. Oh, no. I knew this was going to come to me. I was hoping yeah, yeah. Siobhan would start speaking, but she didn't. <laughs> oh, great. I'm going to be honest. I I'm, I have no idea what to expect, and I'm not going to say anything more than that. I'm just going to say I don't know what to expect, and I'm looking forward to it. And then Aaron can give us his perspective of what he's expecting. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much. As, as I'm setting up the screen share, uh, hopefully uh, when it happens, we'll be able to go right in. And producer Will, if you can let me know what the volume's like as soon as we get five o'clock, that'd be awesome. Um, well, obviously the big uh, elephant in the room is Hollow Knight Silk Song. Is you know, the sketch-based, hand-drawn uh, indie Metroidvania that a lot of people can't wait for. The original game came out uh, right around when the Switch first launched, actually. I think it was around about 2017, 2018 time. And uh, the developers at Team Cherry have been really silent ever since, um, much to the dismay that it's now become a meme that every time one of these shows gets announced, uh, everyone's like, Silk Song, Silk Song, Silk Song. But, uh, and it's just about to start, I believe, Will. So if you could uh, share the screen, that'd be awesome. And then I'm going to keep talking. But if you're in the chat, let us know what you want to see. Scott wants to see Pizza Tower, which is the Warrior Land-like that debuted uh, earlier this year on Steam. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Indie World. I'm Amber, can you guys hear that all right? We can, thank you. Well, I can. Yeah. I can hear it, yeah. Lovely stuff. Let's get the show on the road. Are they going to do like a big, long intro, or are they going to just get straight into it? Oh, oh. looks like they're getting straight into it, which is always good. It's usually good, yeah. Yeah. Many years ago. At the top of Mount Fugu, the cat god, Nico. And this is okay. Game about cats. That's it. It's got me. <laughs> You're in. Game about cats. You're in. Nico I'm in. The farms in our village, granting each one good fortune and prosperity. What sort of game is it, though? Like, it could be a first person shooter for all we know at the moment. I'm hoping it's some type of farming sim. Always love one of those. Same. Banishing him from the land. Many years passed, and our village worked hard. I don't this believe this is a game we've seen before. Success. Yeah, it looks cool. The story of Nico drifted from memory. Yet there are some who still believe in the power of magic and myth. This is literally what I'm doing in my free time all the time, by the way, just worshipping cats. So, <laughs> you've got like three of them, you've got to keep happy. Yeah. I like how the developer of this game is called Meowza Games. That's commitment there. Oh my god. I love that. <laughs> You've kind of locked yourself into a certain style of game forever. Okay. So I bet games like this, Jasmine, this is worth buying a 4080 for, right? You've got to be able to run that on high-end <laughs> Is it just like... Just chilling out, I think. Animal Crossing type... Just doing so whatever. Looks, yeah, it's like a narrative adventure, they said. So I guess you're just moseying around. Conor O'Neill in the chat says, reminds me of Broken Age visually. Yeah, I see that. Oh my God, why is Agent Smith from The Matrix? I'd need to see more of that, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. I am intrigued. Gonna make a note of the games we've seen so I can remember. Oh my time at Porsche. 
Did you play that, Siobhan? I did, and the Switch uh, could not handle it, and it really buggered oh. up my game, so I was like, forget this, but I was enjoying it initially, so I would recommend that if you like uh, Life Sims farming games. Yeah, I got into the Story of Seasons games during lockdown. That was pretty chill. Uh, I have not given them a go, but I feel like I probably would like them. Yeah. Fantasy Life, by the way, was a great one. The sequel came out on uh, mm. mobile, but this was good. My time at Sandrock. Has it all through a captivating story, right? With dozens of characters and side quests, you're tasked with restoring this post-apocalyptic desert community. I like these sorts of games because they let you like build a home that I'll never be able to afford in real life. So <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, I'm buying new yeah. furniture of a weekend. I'll never be able to do this. Living out my dreams. Lots of also, the hardware really couldn't handle it the first time around, so I don't know what they've done oh, now yeah. to change that. But like my game just basically broke; it just was not having it on the Switch. Does, the, does this look like a, a significant step up in visuals, or it does look a bit looks a bit different? Um, but yeah, I think if it couldn't, yeah, this is yeah. I'm I don't know how it's going to handle this if it couldn't handle the first one. Basically, based on this. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this out. I'm probably not. We said on the. We said on the podcast a few weeks ago, like uh, how outdated the Switch chip and hardware set is. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Is this like the overcooked? Chef, oh, this is my type of game. These types of games where you're like running a little shop or a little cafe. I have like 500 of them on my phone. I'm not even joking. So I had one of my phone. Cafe. Let me download it. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, I didn't like the last one. <laughs> My time at Sandrock Pass. <laughs> yeah, we should play Overcooked. We should have an Overcooked session. I think yeah, that'd, that'd be, be really, really fun because um, I feel like that's a real bonding experience where you can get over a lot of. Um, yeah, you're either gonna build a friendship anger, or destroy yeah. it playing Overcooked. Yeah, and yeah. I think it will be great a team building exercise. <laughs> Don't know that no. we'd be able to work together anymore after Overcooked. To be completely honest That's with you. the thing, yeah. <laughs> it's like Mario Party. There are some games who just don't play with certain people. Mario Party's like pure luck. I, I played that like on the Switch. Sounds like long something ago. someone who's bad at Mario Party would say. I agree. I it's so bad. It's all dice rolls. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll okay. take it to the we'll take it to the Monopoly streets. All right. No, listen here. Listen here. <laughs> Wait, this is multiplayer as well. Oh, multiplayer yeah, running and online Maybe this is going to become this. my new like main game i swear i love these games we've got uncle maheen in the chat and yes i did call him these indie directs are unique <laughs> games that already exist coming to switch he's right I, I feel like this game already came out yeah and we've got connor o'neill that says overcooked is a modern day board game modern game board game arguments yeah when they do these showcases, is it normal to have to wait months and months and months for... Oh, I've gone big. Is it normal oh. to wait months and months and months to, for these games to come out? Um, I always thought that they announced them a little bit closer to the time. Like, cause, but yeah, usually all saying September, Months and months, yeah. A few months isn't too bad to wait, I guess. Um, yeah, but October seems really far away. It's, it's not like it's not, and that's frightening. <laughs> oh, God, don't say that. Time is flying and we're all dying. Another cat game! <gasps> Another cat game! Jasmine. Oh, my God! They know I'm watching. They know I'm watching. They do. Oh, but this is like a puzzle game. I'm really bad at puzzles. 
like embarrassingly bad at puzzles. Oh, but unless you pet cats. Pet cats. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> He's like, forget these puzzles. I'm just gonna be pet cats all day. Get cozy with up to three friends in local and This looks kind of like that Dorf Romantic yeah. game where you're slotting different shapes around. Or much time. Yeah, I still wouldn't be able to do it. You can adjust the cat. Okay. <laughs> so I can make it look like my cat. Oh my god. Forget I'm the in. <laughs> I'm in. I'll be in the customization screen. I'll do a stream of that one. It'll be another menu stream. Oh, Monster Prom? Is that what this is? No. It's like a Guitar Hero-like game. Oh, it's a rhythm game. Is there a cat in it? That's what we want to know, Nintendo. <laughs> I was so into Guitar Hero and Rock Band back in the day. Like, I kind of miss those times. Oh, I loved Guitar Hero. Like the little plug-in you get on your DS. Oh, I used to play it all the time. Oh, but that killed your hand, though. My wrist was like... Yeah, oh. every single day I'd sit there playing it. And I'd go to my mum after some like, oh my, God, my wrist is really hurting and she'd have a go at me. Ooh. Rift of the <laughs> no sympathy though. at all. <laughs> wow, this game has some sick beats. I can tell. You've been bobbing your head for a while. In this spin-off of Crypt of the Necrodancer, you've still Oh, so it's another spin-off, because we had a Zelda spin-off for Crypt of the Necrodancer, Cadence of Hyrule, and now they're doing a rhythm game. That's cool. So match the on-screen prompts to kick them to the that rhythm games and Nintendo's thing, right? There was what was that other one that's got that big onion man and you pluck his disgusting onion hairs onion out? Onion man? Yeah, he's Ooh. gross and he makes you want to vomit. And like you what? pick out nose hairs and really weird things. So does someone know what I'm talking about? Please no. tell me. Scott... <laughs> it's a Nintendo. Scott's in the chat though. He says, "Yeah, yes." Go on, Scott. Sorry, yeah. in the chat. Uh, Scott says, <laughs> "Necrodancer across rhythm heaven, holy, uh, my game of the year." Maybe it was Rhythm Heaven. But Maybe I need to know that Onion Rhythm game. Oh, yeah, you're right. With the loads of mini games, right? Yes, yeah. But the Onion one's gross. This game also has a cat in it, Jasmine. Uh, Does it? Just FYI. Yeah, basically, it's like loads of puzzles where you have to straighten things up, but there's a cat that, like, moves things out of the way and messes it up. <laughs> oh, there he is. I love him. He's a big boy. This June. Dig into more oh, what a great game this is. Shovel Knight Dig. Oh. oh, God, not more puzzle games. More puzzle games that I look at and know I won't be able to ever play. Just play Dr. Mario and get it over with. <laughs> I've never played Dr. Mario. I was always a Dr. Robotics mean bean machine guy. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's great. If this is a cat, oh, I, I thought say. it was going to be a cat. I was like bracing myself <laughs> for it. People will be going do lally over this though. Cult of the lamb. Those people loved it. I haven't played it, but everyone absolutely loves it, right? Is anyone else giving it a go? No, I haven't. I played, played it at an it. event. I've heard once. so much about it. Yeah. I played that at WASD. It was it was pretty fun. There's no Hades. I'll say that. I'm just not the kind of person style. who cares about that. Like, I'm not going to make it more hard for myself. Like, I've got limited time with my day. I'm not going to make it even more difficult. Yeah, I literally go for yeah. the easiest route possible. 
finish the game as fast as possible and people are like oh yeah. but you didn't explore this and this i'm like i don't care i finished the game <laughs> yeah i'm out <laughs> You can't, how many times have you finished League of Legends, Jasmine? Just out of interest. Oh, you <laughs> don't. That's why I still play it. I haven't been able to finish it yet. Trying to give people the experience of You've never rolled credits. Has anybody watched Donkey's videos on YouTube? I haven't for a while, I will say. Yeah, long time ago, in my past. When you were, like, two. Yeah. Well, well, well. Oh, this like looks good. Ready for animal wealth. In this atmospheric pixelated world, Conor O'Neill in the chat says easy mode for the win. Yeah, we don't discriminate here at the Mirror Gaming. You play games however you want to play games. Perfect. So I shouldn't need to worry about anything dangerous. I like the CRT filter this game has over it. That's cool. CRT television, Jasmine. They were um they were they had massive barks. Oh my gosh. Thanks for that. Like making a quick getaway. Or having friendly creatures. They're actually quite rare these days. I always see people on Facebook Marketplace. They're like, who wants the CRTV? CRT, and everyone's like, me, me, me. So get crafty with so I'm not making them anymore. Facebook Marketplace is a cesspool of crazy people. Just putting yeah. them out there. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you. Can I have it for free? No. Can you deliver? Definitely yeah. not. Read the ads. This one is coming out next year. Oh, my God. oh really? 2024? Yeah, it said early 2024. Come on, donkey. What's taking so long? Ooh. Coloring in? Are they coloring in happening? Oh, it looks a bit like chicory. You know, all I want is I'm another scribble. I'm glad there was an L in that word then. That's it. All I want is another scribble. Is that too much to ask for? Mm, I feel like they have made a scribble notes for Switch and nobody bought it. Wait, have they? It there did, yeah, it did release on Switch, right? Oh no, did I miss it? I don't think it was like the best of the series. Though. I would have kept the franchise alive by myself. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> bring out a battle pass, I'll support you developing yeah, it. Scribblenauts Battle Pass win. Pens. Scribblenauts <laughs> Mega Pack Nintendo Switch. Well, that's your evening sort of, Jasmine. Yeah, I'm done. There we go. 25 quid, you get two remasters of the older games. Bang, I'm done. Oh, oh that is good. No one's hearing from me for the next two weeks. Sounds like a timeless experience. This looks sort of cool. I disagree. That did not. I've no idea what's going on, and I yeah, don't no, care. same. Yeah, we were talking about scribble notes. Scott in the chat says melee fans have taken them all with regards to CRT televisions. Yeah, that might be it. Uh, getting on the old GameCube. These titles are not only a celebration of the original game. You should have about seven or eight minutes left of the of the direct. Origin of so much of our games visual So far, I'm not buying anything. Thoughts? Anybody else? Not even the cat games. I'm gonna let you buy the cat game first, and then you tell me, and then I'll buy okay. it after. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll definitely play Rift of the Necromancer, but are you telling me, Shabana, that you're not playing My Time at Sandrock? Let's see if the Switch can run it before we start okay. getting too involved. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to come to other platforms. I well, I don't know. Maybe it's an exclusive. Yeah, but I don't want to play that on my PS5. That's a Switch game. There's a handheld genre Steam, and there's, Steam, you know. Yeah. I'll just, no, I'm not buying one. <laughs> I'll try and get one. I'll be like, can I review a Steam Deck? Even though Nathan's already got one. And, uh, this game looks super beautiful. I got to see it at uh, Gamescom last year, and uh, it's like a little Metrovania. It's cool. It does look nice. Oh. Both Tesla Grad 2 and 
Teslagrad Remastered Bolt onto the Nintendo Switch system later today. It's a lot of Scribblenauts love in the chat. Keep it coming in, guys. Oh, there we go. This is the one that's coming out later today. Mm -hmm. I'm, pl I'm, I'm playing that, Tesla 2. Tesla Grad sure. 2. Did you ever play West of Loathing, Jasmine? Just from the because there's no. people that look like yeah, scribble not people, but neither did I. No, I didn't. This looks like my type of game. This looks Stick like some sort people. of um, Ebams World, like Newgrounds type flash game type stuff. Government conspiracies, come on, come on! This is me, me all over it. Show us the cats. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh, there's a cat. There's a cat. Oh, <laughs> was he was getting his butt scratched. I'm done. I'm, I'm on it. What's this one? Shadows, Shadows overloading. Interesting. Mobsters, monsters, and mysteries. What's everybody in the chat? What game has stood out to you so oh, far? Another cat. Sorry. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> You need to point them out, Jasmine. Keep doing yeah. that. If only we had, like, well, a There's another one. Choice. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. I keep, keep doing coming it. Up as soon as you start speaking. I'm so sorry. Oh, there's one. Or searching for him. The cat counts. Three so far. Four. 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 Oh, okay. Sorry. My bad. I check if any of those were cats. No, they're just toads. I was like, And Eldritch Horrors. There's also a ton of roles to play. March to the beat of your own nefarious schemes. So this is like turn-based action, I'm guessing. Or hold the curds of the cosmos in your hands as a cheese wizard. The digital version of Shadows. That looks really cool. Oh, oh it's available later today. Maybe you should do it. Game will launch this fall. Maybe I should. That looks really good, actually. <gasps> the Game Kitchen! These are the guys that made Blasphemous. That's cool. That is the one good thing about these indie world directs, is they, you get to hear from the developers themselves, as opposed to just some mm -hmm. uh, voice. A sequel That's quite so fun watching Nintendo Treehouses. I remember at E3 when they used to do them. That was always my yeah. favourite to tune into because you get to see the hands-on with the game and they talk about stuff. You get to see the right. Nintendo employees that would usually be locked away. <laughs> <laughs> they set them free. I'm literally messaging my friends now. Blasphemous 2 announced. Hack and slash your way through legions of bloodthirsty foes and treacherous traps in this Please say it's coming today. Choose from three newly added weapons, each one deadly in their own way. Wield the war sensor for slow but powerful flaming strikes. The rapier and Oh, this game is too dark. It's very bloody, this game as well. Or it used to be the first one. You'll learn more moves that'll help you survive. That's not enough. When, was the, when did the first one come out then? What's the crack with this one? Oh, okay. Somewhere. Um, it came out 2020, I think. It's kind of like okay. a Castlevania tribute, but with a Dark Souls tinge. Very hardcore. Ah, okay. Metrovania. Oxen Free 2. Here we go. Jacob, four hours ago, a cult opened a portal above Edwards Island. Riley, yes. But are we. So these guys were recently bought by Netflix. Uh, mm. Netflix, everyone on the stream is available to buy. So if you want us, you know, just putting out there. Riley, 
Still no pizza tower, Scott. It's not looking good, mate. Just putting it out there. Mm. I think he's going to be devastated at the end of this. Yeah, no Hollow Knight yet. No pizza tower. Maybe they'll Couple close with Silk Song when they just like don't say anything and it just like ta-da. But we'll see. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Everything so far has been given a date as well. They're not like mm. saying just coming soon. I don't, I don't think. But what she discovers is more than what she bargained for. Set five years. Did anybody play Oxen Free? It looked okay, but like it didn't grip me enough to give it a go. Surprisingly, but. I did play the original Oxen Free. I'm kind of similar to you. I was like just bobbing along through the story. Yeah. yeah. Seems like there's a lot more mechanics in this game, though. Mm. Before it was just mainly tuning radios and dialogue options. So. Some of them may have valuable info that can give you more insight into Kamina's mysteries. Your choices will have an I know what Jasmine's thinking, not enough cats. Yeah, there's not been a single cat yet. Not it's enough cats, too dark, it's my worst nightmare. I can't see anything here, look, for God's sake, yeah. it's red. <laughs> Airing on Nintendo Switch. I, I saw that, I heard that, yeah. <laughs> Get a grip. Thank you for staying with us so far. Before we go, we'd like to show you a sneak peek Ooh. of several more indie games coming to Nintendo several Switch. More? This is going to be like a montage sneak sequence, peek. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah with no information whatsoever. Paper trail? Hmm? Oh no, another puzzle, puzzle game that's going to be too hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like how these cutesy games oh, are just like, too hard. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, oh my god! I'm going okay, straight. Jasmine, this one. <laughs> Little Kitty Big City. What a great name as Look, well. Look, he's holding a toast. That's oh, I love it. Wear hats. Oh, I love it. Scott, this is a breaker. <laughs> Get on it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this blew up Very on Steam earlier this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you find that the successes on Steam tend to not have that replicated on Switch? I guess it's a bit of a different crowd, right? If you've got a Switch um, versus... It tends to be PC. like a case-by-case -case basis, because I remember when oh, Hades was in I early access for Academy. Steam. such a good game. And uh, when it came to Switch, it sort of reached another level. Do you like These Escape do Academy, have dates, Jasmine? by the way. I was just going to say. Yeah, I do. I loved Escape yeah, yeah. Academy. It was really good. It's not Jet Set Radio! <laughs> Is there anything that else? It? One more. No, that was it. Today's showcase. A huge thank you to the indie community and indie well, partners working on games for the thoughts. Nintendo system. And as always, thank you for thoughts. There was I... a decent amount of cats in that. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, we we saw like almost twenty games like touched upon there, which is an impressive feat. I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to scroll through. Uh, a little bit of scrub through, as the professionals say. Are there any games that stood out to you? Anyone that you might even entertain playing? Jasmine, uh, don't you. all jump jump at once. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I am thinking about shows over loathing. Sh shows shadows over loathing. Um, oh yeah, I thought that one looked good. What was it? Like the little the stick man game. Oh my god, I'm big. Woo. Um, the little <laughs> stick man looking game. Um, just because I like those type of like turn-based games, um, this is like a really old example that I don't know if anyone cared about enough to even play, but, um, it was like Mario Brothers 
Brothers in Time, Mario and Luigi Brothers in Time or something like that, like really old Mario game. And it was like one of those turn-based ones and you could go back and forth through time. And that was like, ever since I played that, I was like, yeah, I love these turn-based games because I actually have enough time to think about what I'm doing and I don't have to rush and panic and run around and melee stuff. Like I can just take my time. So then I like stick men games as well. I don't know why. Like I just really like stick men style games. So that's like both of those. Yeah. And there was cats in it. Lots of cats. There's like five cats. So that, I think it was Shadows Overloading that hit the, the broke the all time cat record in any indie video mm. game trailer, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I want to say um, uh, Tesla Grad 2 looked awesome, which was the uh, the sort of, uh, yeah, like artsy. It's got like a Nordic theme to it, which I appreciate. I feel like that's an art style and a theme you don't get to see a lot of in games these days. Um Maheen in the chat says Partners in Time might have been the game that you're thinking of, Jasmine. Yeah, that's the one. With yeah. Mario and Luigi Brothers. Yeah. From 2008, cool, cool. says Scott. Really old example. <laughs> okay, 2008 for me. I was literally six years old in 2008, no. so that is really old. <laughs> so I will say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shibano, is there anything uh, in the Indie World Showcase that stood out to you at all? Maybe that Night Market game. I'd have to have a look. And I probably will have a another look at my time at Sandrock because my time at Porsche was fun but like when my switch started yeah. to just give up any attempt at running it I was like I'm out I can't do this so I'll have to see it does look a bit different to my time at Porsche um but maybe it doesn't grip me I mean it is not that exciting but I do like those kind of games so I'll see so maybe there's those two everything else I I'm not interested in it at all, <laughs> to put it politely. Well, tell us what you really feel, Shibana. Come on, <laughs> stop holding back. Um, I was going to um, say, I do find it insane that they bring out so many games on the Nintendo Switch, because it's like such a common thing. They bring out so many games on the Nintendo Switch where the hardware just isn't optimized enough. And it's like, I know that they're trying to give these indie games a chance to like reach a new audience and stuff like that. But I just feel like either the Nintendo Switch needs to get better, bring out Nintendo Switch 2, please, or like nintendo needs to sort of do a better job of helping developers optimize the games properly mm. um because like it's just really devastating when people buy games because it's like such a common thing and then they don't work and it's like it it puts you off of the whole game and franchise rather yeah. than thinking about oh yeah maybe it's the nintendo switch that sucks for a lot of people they just think yeah that's it i'm done i'm not playing that game ever again well that's what, what happened with my time at porsche because it's like a lot of i invested a lot of time um in getting what you've got to like fabricate machines to make something out so there's a lot of like quests that you need to do a bunch of other stuff first which would be fine but when it, everything starts buggering up and then it's just like a big insurmountable task then and i'm just like i can't do this anymore and put any more time in so yeah like jasmine says it can put you off and now subsequently i'm like yes normally i might have been i'm gonna get my time at sandrock but am i now Maybe not. So yeah. Maybe not. Maybe so if it comes to problem. another platform. But like you said, Shibana, that's a game where you'd want to play cozied up on the couch, that's sort of like on a handheld correct. device, yeah. right? Um, mm -hmm. And but to, to Jasmine's point about certain Switch games, uh, indie games on Switch, because you think like indie games, right? How 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 hard can it be to get them to run on this system? But the system is, you know, going on seven years old now. And we saw that the new Cult of the Lamb update uh, was showcased in that Indie World uh, Direct. I remember at the time people complaining that the Cult of the Lamb just was chugging on Switch at the time, which is a shame because that is the perfect game that I'd want to play uh, on my Nintendo Switch. Um, honestly, Jasmine, it's got to be Little Kitty Big City as well. It's got to be a yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a, a day one stream on the Mirror Gaming YouTube channel in the comments personally uh, yeah. for sure I'll, I'll i'll be on that i'll be on that have to get that approved first but i'll be on that 
yeah, yeah. I just can't believe the sheer amount of cats we saw on the, on the stream. Right? There were so many. There were like so many. I'm like really, really happy. I'm going to be happy for the rest of the evening now. Yeah, and all it, all, was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all it took was developers, tender developers, to spend years of their life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so just as a summary, guys, we saw Minico's Night Market, which was that really cool uh, paper craft type game at the beginning. Uh, mm. My Time at Sandrock, which Shabana may or may not play, depending on how it runs on Nintendo Switch. We saw Play Up which was uh, a game that caught a lot of people's eye. And we oh, yeah, Play Up. Overcooked. I completely forgot about that one. Yeah, that that's one I may, yeah. Yeah, I might actually pick that one up. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> then we had uh, the Quilts cat game, Calico, which was kind of like the puzzly type one. But you could customize your cat, which was cool. Mm -hmm. I think I'll get like, that. And it's multiplayer as well. Multiplayer as well. There was a lot of multiplayer games actually in, in this. Yeah. World. That was good. Um, I know I know Scott's mentioned it in the chat already, but Rift of the Necromancer. That looks like it could be a cool game, Specific, specifically because there's only three lanes you have to worry about as the notes come down, as opposed to five, which I feel it like can sometimes put people off in terms of how complex it is. Then we had uh, a little to the left DLC update, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon DLC, Animal Well, which was the Donkey video game that everyone was complaining about. Why is it taking so long to come out? <laughs> Sorry, Donkey. Uh, we had Crime O'Clock, which did nothing for us, which was that black and mm. white game where you're sort of lining up things. Crime O'Clock. Oh, no. I'm not sure if the name's the best either. Apologies, guys. <laughs> um, Tesla Grad 2, which I will be picking up later today on my Nintendo Switch. I'm very excited. Shadows Over Loathing, which we've talked about. Blasphemous 2, I feel like will be the standout uh, surprise for a lot of people from this Indie World showcase, uh, showcase, because that was a game that was beloved by many at launch when it first came out. Um, and there was literally no rumors, no rumblings that this was even being made. Um, so I think in terms of surprises, that'd be uh, exciting. Um, Oxenfree 2. And then, yeah, it was just the um, the montage of games towards the end. So unfortunately, no Hollow Knight Silk Song. And what was the other big one? No Pizza Tower. Um, Scott in the chat says, plus Bomb Rush is the only game I mentioned in our preview article that was actually in it. Well... You can't win them all, Scott. You can't win them all. <laughs> That's why they call it predictions. Um, any more thoughts on the Nintendo Indie World Direct, guys, before we say goodbye to the lovely YouTube viewers? Shavana, you have to go first this time because you keep making me go first. Yeah, if you've got nothing to say, don't feel like, don't force yourself. It's all good. I've got so much to say. No, I think um, it was fine. Again, like I'm quite picky with my games uh, mm -hmm. just because I'm pernickety and contrary probably but yeah not a lot there that excited me potentially apart from the my time at sandrock which again i'm on the fence about so i'm not like super yeah. excited about anything the cats were fun but what are those games going to be like we'll see jasmine will let me know um yeah. jasmine thoughts um obviously i'm not a story game person i feel that's the thing with a lot of indie games that they're like story based um i'm really sorry to disappoint you aaron but it's just <laughs> the way that my brain works like a lot of indie games are story based right so then i just end up not being very excited about a lot of them which is why when there were those games that popped up that weren't story based i was way more excited and way more into them because that's more like my up my alley type thing so cool. we'll see we'll have to just see we'll when they see. come out dead island 2 did not get confirmed for nintendo switch today either which uh you know, might have been a missed <laughs> opportunity there it's not coming to switch on friday so if you think my time at porsche would struggle oh although the original <laughs> the original dying light came to nintendo switch and i don't know if you played it Shabana, did but it? that runs amazingly for a switch game yeah you're talking you to... nonsense i played no, that no. on whatever console that was on i can't remember now. You ha i'm getting delirious now um yeah 
believe so anyway, it. I don't believe it. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think that just about does it for this week's edition of the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show and you've been watching along, thank you for leaving a comment in the comment section. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And don't forget to subscribe to the Mirror Gaming YouTube channel, as well as visiting Mirror Gaming at mirror.co.uk slash gaming, where you can find a ton of reviews, previews, roundups, and articles for all the gaming goodness. Uh, Jasmine's laughing. I'm not even going to ask why. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, until next time, guys, we'll see you next Wednesday for another Mirror Gaming walkthrough. But until then, bye-bye for now.